This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Elections Canada wants to make voting more accessible. The organization is looking for a tech firm to design an app. The app would assist voters who are blind verify their ballot independently. This is part of Election Canada's accessibility plan. They hope to test the technology in 2024. Marco Pasqua and Elizabeth Moeller have thoughts on accessible voting. So do I. Good morning, Marco. Good morning. And hello, Elizabeth. Hello, Dave. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, indeed. So, Marco, why did this story capture your attention? You put this one into the group chat. Yeah, well, it's quite simple. I think that every Canadian deserves the rights to a free and fair and reliable um, voting system, election system. Hot take. And, Hot uh, take over there. Yeah, Democracy yeah. is good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> go, go figure. Um, but no, like, honestly, the accessibility component is quite important to me. Um, and, and I think that not all Canadians have had the opportunity to have um, the way to verify that their selections have uh, been made accurately, uh, especially if you're in the low vision or blind community, um, you, you may be going off of trust uh, d depending on uh, the severity of your disability. And so I do think that we do need to take a look at that. You know, Elizabeth, this is a topic that's come up quite a few times over the mm -hmm. years on the show because, like Marco said, it's important. If you want to live in a democracy and as people with disabilities, if you want your voices heard and your advocacy to come to fruition, you got <laughs> to vote. But the voting experience is not always accessible. What has been your experience with accessibility and voting? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say, unfortunately, less positive than more positive. Mm. I often will vote in the advanced polls because it's quieter. Election day can be quite tumultuous. And I will often connect in, in advance to try and find out which stations are actually accessible. So whether that's a wheelchair entrance mm. or uh, accessible by public transit, and then I'll get there and they'll have no idea how to assist someone with sight loss. So whether that be coming in with me and marking the ballot or a braille ballot or um, allowing me to bring someone in, and it generally becomes, I hate to say it, quite a production. So uh, something yeah. that should mm -hmm. frankly take you five or 10 minutes. I've been in there for half an hour while they call their supervisor. Wow. And it's not this, this the fault of the staff. It's just they're not trained, right? And so I, th I think for me, one of the things I'd like to see for sure, in addition to what Marco's saying, is just more awareness rolled out about how to train the staff, frontline staff on the day of. Yeah, and especially because these tend to be people who only really work for Elections Canada for a couple of days. In fact, I've done exactly. it. I've been a poll clerk. I've been a, I've been a DRO. Uh, you get pretty limited training, although I've got to yeah. say it was a pretty fun day of work. I really felt like I was engaging in democracy that day in a totally different Dave's way. Dave's democracy. Dave's democracy it. through and through. But <laughs> you guys both hit the word independence, and that word jumps out mm. to me as well because Marco, I do see the risk here, at least, okay, we don't live in an ideal world. In an ideal world, you would just be right. told where to make your mark, and for sure you would make your yeah. mark, and you put it in the box, and that's it. It's all verified. You don't need to worry about independence. But the reality is, Marco, you do, because the world can be nefarious at times. 
It, it can, right? And I, I uh, fortunately don't have to have an uh, attendant or somebody come in with me during uh, my voting. Uh, but I would be so concerned uh, that somebody may uh, mark my ballot differently based on their opinions and based on every vote counts, right? So mm -hmm. one extra vote uh, towards their candidate may support them if uh, they don't see eye to eye with my my political belief system, right? So that that is that can be scary, right? And I truly believe that everybody has the right to select whoever they believe is the candidate that they would like to see as the front runner. And so if we don't have a system in place in order to do that, um, you know, that's where I have issues. I mean, don't get me wrong. I actually like paper ballot systems, but, and, and you know, being able to mark it down with a, with a pencil, but unfortunately that doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. So we just need mm -hmm. to make sure yeah. that whichever way we're going about doing this, that everyone has the right to enact their voice, as you said, Dave. Yeah, yeah Elizabeth, I, I know that it sounds like I'm getting a little conspiratorial, right? The idea that some <laughs> attendant or elections worker would do something nefarious, but I think it's, it's like, it's a reality that you would have to mm -hmm. acknowledge in yeah. the conversation, right? Absolutely. And I think what Marco touched on is choice. And so independence is going to look different for different mm -hmm. people. For me, I'm a smartphone user. Having that app would be fantastic. For someone else, it might be bringing someone that they trust into the ballot uh, box area. It might be, you know, different kinds of ballots. It might be a mail-in ballot. So I think oh. for me, this this push, this conversation around independence is really important. But thinking about choice and that independence is going to look different for different people and that, you know, not all folks are comfortable using a smartphone. Um, and then that gets into a whole other discussion on on equity and who has it and who doesn't, which we don't mm. have time for today. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're advocating with a poll clerk or a DRO. Exactly. Like, no, no, I need you to use your <laughs> phone. And can you just download the app over here? And that's going to work. And, and Marco, along those lines, I actually had that thought, too, about the intersection of the usability of technology and belief mm. in its potential, but also the concern that maybe you think about technology as this cure-all as opposed to something that might be a little bit more universally designed. So for example, Marco, I would think about having ballots with large fonts and raised lettering as the standard, right? Love so it. yeah, sure. so like, what, what do you think about maybe that balance between the high tech and sometimes just a bit of low tech decision making that can really benefit everybody without downloading an app or designing an app, et cetera, et cetera? Well, especially, Dave, when it comes to elections, I'm actually a massive fan of low technology. I do think that votes need to be independently verified by a human being. And, you know, as soon as you put it through technology, that does leave it, um, you know, through some questionable things that can be altered or changed in a way that we wouldn't be able to verify on our end, right? And so having large print ballots that do have, you know, fonts that are able to, to be able to have some sort of tactile component and some sort of feel component on paper, I'm all for that. I say, let's go, right? But at mm -hmm. the same token, yeah. I, I do think that there needs to be, as Elizabeth said, some options and some mm. balance there. Yes, so long yes. as the way in which those votes are being verified is a unified approach, a unified system, uh, because there is uh, room for error there. There is room for exploitation. Yeah, Elizabeth, I heard an affirmation from you there. Because yes. uh, I do think of it as a little bit of a cost-benefit analysis. I acknowledge that large print, uh, large fonts with raised with raised lettering might cost a little bit more but per ballot printed but how much is it going to cost to develop this app and keep this app up to date etc cetera, etc cetera. exactly and and you know i think what you've touched on both of you is the universality every every election i feel like i i go to there's some different braille card that i have to read and discern and figure out or the large print overlay and the card over top 
isn't quite lined up properly. So I'm always figuring something out. So I think for me, this is this is a great suggestion. I think the universality is going to be really important in getting it consistent yeah. and testing. So before, you don't want to be testing this on election day. And this is always what makes me anxious is, okay, now I have to learn this new thing and right. I'm already stressed because I'm voting and people are behind me and they're yelling because the lineup's long. So the ability for testing of, of any kind of solution, whether it's an app ahead of time and getting that user feedback is going to be really critical. Elizabeth, let's give you a promotion here. I'm putting you in charge okay. of Elections uh -oh. Canada. What, oh would you, what would you do to improve the accessibility of voting? Well, so many things, but I think I think certainly more um, user-friendly ballots that have been tested. I think more options for voting. So making sure people have options, whether it's mail-in, drive to a station, somebody to come to your home and help you vote, and really clear, plain language on what your rights and your responsibilities oh, yes. are as a voter. Oh, I like oh, that. Oh, that's you good. like that? Eh? That's Did good. Did I do it? My consulting business passed the test. <laughs> well, let's go, well, let's go to someone who actually runs <laughs> their own that. consulting okay. business, Mark. Marco Pasqua. Marco, I'm not going to give you the promotions at Elections Canada because you run your own successful business, but let's say Elections Canada reached out to you for some consulting. What would you offer up to tell them in regards to improving the accessibility of voting? Only accessibility, Dave? Okay. Uh, well, uh, I, I would say, honestly, I would honestly say that um, yeah, from my experience, from a mobility device user, I've actually had really decent success with regards to the locations, but vetting those locations and ensuring mm -hmm. that accessibility makes sense for all people that are in the region, I yeah. think is really important, right? Like, I'm fortunate that my voting location is often my old elementary school, which literally they poured a concrete ramp for me to attend that school. So I know that in order for me to get to the gym area, I'm actually going to be able to get there to make my vote. But that doesn't mean that accessibility is a, you know, uh, a catch-all for everybody and that it's going to work for everyone. So ensuring that we are approaching this from a universal design approach and that all individuals in the area, if they have concerns about accessibility for themselves, because accessibility means different things to different people, that they're able to check ahead with those locations mm -hmm. and with yeah. those volunteer staff and ensure that their needs are going to be able to be met just so that they can enact, as you said, mm. the democratic process yep. and make sure that their voice is heard. Um, without that, um, you may become frustrated and say, well, I guess, could, is there a way that I can have my vote sent to my home or something? But you shouldn't have to go to that, you know, length. You should mm -hmm. be able to do it in any any of the ways that anyone else in your community is doing it. So I guess that would be my attachment to what Elizabeth already said, which were great suggestions. You guys nailed this. Marco, Elizabeth, thank you both for this. Marco, have a wonderful day. You as well. Elizabeth, you enjoy your day as well. Talk to you soon. You as well, Dave. Talk to you soon. That's Marco Pasqua and Elizabeth Moeller talking all about accessible voting. What do you think? What would you do to make voting more accessible? Send emails, feedback at ami.ca, feedback at ami.ca, or pick up the phone and give the show a ring, 1-866-509-4545. That's 1-866-509-4545. Or heck... Get involved in the social media conversation. On Twitter, it's at Accessible Media. On TikTok, it's at Accessible Media. On Facebook and Instagram, it's at Accessible Media Inc. Coming up after the break, what goes into a great hotel experience? Alex Smythe has that question for myself, Ramya Amuthan. I'm so bad at talking today for myself and Ramya Amuthan. Use, use words, Dave. I've got two minutes to recover. And then now with Dave Brown, we'll be right back. <laughs>
I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.